All right, Jabosai, good morning, good morning. Let us begin, begin by thanking all of our sponsors. So thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Av, Benjamin and Elise Wall and the Tanya Eretz for dedicating all the Shemesh Rashos this month in honor of Meishi Abramson and Jeremy Lassen for making the Shirim available to all of those outside of our physical base measures. To thank Jack Bennett for dedicating the Shi'urim and Joshua's this month in memory of Sergeant Nikolai Rappaport of the Givati Brigade, who died in the Hezbollah ambush in southern Lebanon in, two, in, in February of 1998. To thank Jerry and Sarah Walaski for dedicating all the Shurim and Joshua's this month in the Schuss of Rafur Shalema for Zechariah Dov Ben Perel Shira. We thank our Day of Learning sponsors, Baruch Batsofen, in the merit of the Rafur Shalim of his father, Elio Eliezer ben Dvora, who was undergoing surgery in Eretz Yisrael, literally at the time of the death. Have just a, a, a moment about this. A number of you may remember Reb Baruch. Baruch Batsofen and his wife, Atarat, lived here in, uh, in America. They're actually neighbors of ours when we used to live on Wallace Avenue. Um, a number of years ago, Baruch was here for a medical residency, and he was a, a, a real stalwart member of the DAF. Baruch's father had, has having his digest, digestive tract reconstructed today. He has not eaten any, he's not been able to eat food for 21 months. It's a significantly complex surgery to redo everything to enable him to, res, to resume just a normal course of life. So, Baruch. WhatsApped me and he asked me, because literally the surgery is happening now during the daf, and he asked me if all of us, the members of the Shear, could take on a small Kabbalah in the schos of his father. And even just today, to have a little extra Kavana when we make brachos. Sometimes we take the opportunity, you know, to have a cup of coffee or to eat breakfast, and it's normal for us. It doesn't, and so often, even if I'm making a shahakal before my coffee or I'm making a bracha before I eat, often the bracha is, you know, garbled and gobbled just as quickly as the food. And to recognize that the ability to consume food and drink in a normal fashion is nothing short of miraculous. All it takes is about 21 months, all it takes is, is tw- a couple of minutes where you can't perform that activity of daily living to recognize what an incredible miracle it is. So Baruch asked me if I could ask the Chavra, and I include myself in this, just even for today, tomorrow, for however long we feel we could take on that Kabbalah, to be able to make our brachas with a little extra, a little extra Kabbalah, just to be a bit more attentive. And in that, Zuchos Emir Hashem. We hope that the surgery of Elio Eliezer ben Devora will be successful. He'll be Zoha Mirz Hashem to a lifetime of making Brachas Bikavana. And Halavai Mirz Hashem, this small Kabbalah for us shouldn't only make a difference for the Chola, but Mirz Hashem should make a difference in our lives as well. All right, Tabo say, I'm sorry. His name is uh, Elio Eliezer ben Devora. Elio Eliezer ben Devora. All right, Jehovah, so with that, let us always, always, you know, one of the beautiful things about, about the shir that we have is even people who are no longer here, that, that sounds very ominous, even people who don't live here anymore, right, and, and have, so Baruch Hashem, you know, once you're part of the Hevra, you feel part of the Hevra on an ongoing basis, really incredible, incredible thing. We're a, we're a family, and as such, we have an obligation to be able to look out for each other and to look after one another and to do for each other. 
whenever we can. All right, so, well, so with that, let us begin. We have a lot to do today. A beautiful, magnificent daf ahead of us. Today's daf is daf gimel. We are picking up on base Ahmed base two b, and we are picking up ve bayis ema, which is two, four, six, eight lines up from the bottom. So we'll say, if you remember, again, we were focusing on a very simple question in yesterday's daf, which is the use of the lashon of derech. Our Mishnah introduced us, Ha'isha Niknis Bishlosha Drachim. A woman could be acquired for marriage in three different ways. So we were trying to figure out, and we were discussing, why is it that we're using the Lashon of Derech as opposed to the Lashon of Davar? Why not say Ha'isha Niknis Bishlosha Dvarim? Okay, we're speaking about Shalosh versus Shalosh. Okay, so now the Gemara is giving another answer. Excuse me. The other possibility is as follows. The other possibility is... The other possibility is, why does the Torah use the Lashon of Derech as opposed to Davar? Well, this isn't that beautiful. This is, Hamari Rabbi Shimon. Reflexive view of Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon said as follows, Good question. Why does the Torah, when it frames marriage, why does it, why does it say when a man will take a woman? And why not say when a woman will be taken by a man? Why does it phrase it like that? But I said, it's absolutely beautiful. For it is the derech, for it is the derech of a man to go ahead and literally lachzar. Lachzar can mean... To, to follow after, to run after, to pursue. It is the derech of a man to pursue a woman, and it is not the derech of a woman to pursue a man. To pursue a man. I would say, this is an incredible Gemara. Why is that? This could be compared to a person who lost an object. Who, who pursues who? Right? The owner of the object pursues the lost object, right? So you lose something, you lose something. Who looks for who? So the, the owner of the object pursues the item he lost. So we'll say, what's, what's the nimshal? Remember, Chava was created from Adam, the Marshal explains. Chava was created from Adam, right? She was taken from a rib of Adam Arishu, which means that woman comes from man, right? So there's a piece, so when a husband has a wife, when a, when a husband's looking for a wife, he's looking for a piece of himself, He's looking for a piece of himself. So therefore, again, when a man goes out to get married, he's looking to become complete. There's a piece of me that's missing. Ultimately, again, therefore, who, who, who runs after who? Who pursues who? It is the person who lost the object who runs after, who pursues the object to find it. And therefore, again, the Torah, even when it frames marriage itself, uses Lashon of Kiyikach Ish Isha. When a man will take a woman, because a man is the one who pursues the woman, the woman is not the one who pursues the man, for the man is looking for something that is missing from him, that's been taken from him. What a beautiful, beautiful insight into marriage. And I will say, this is also a very important piece within Shalom Bayis. I will say, the achrayis, the achrayis, to create Shalom within a marriage. The is to create happiness within a marriage is on the man. It is not a shared partnership. Everyone has to do their part, but who takes the lead? Who takes the lead? It is the man, it is the husband who must take the lead to make sure that the marriage is harmonious, that the marriage is happy, that home is good. I'll say, wow, it's not true, it's a partnership. It's not. 
The Torah puts the responsibility of not just creating the marriage, but maintaining the marriage on the shoulders of the husband. And I will say, this is why even on an ongoing basis, Hevra, it is so important as a husband to set the right tone in marriage. Opening the car door for, for your wife, right, doesn't stop after Sheva Brachas, right? It is something that a husband has an achrayis to do every single time he's getting in a car with his wife. How does a husband not open a car door for his wife? Right? Chivalry's not dead. Chivalry's not dead. It doesn't make a difference. Ah, she could open her own car door. Uh, well, she could do a lot of things on her own, right? And that, that doesn't mean... Let's say, do you know the difference that it makes in a marriage when a husband opens a car door? I, I know we spoke about Shabbos flowers. You know, I, I got good feedback from it. A couple of new husbands that we signed up for, for weekly Shabbos flowers, right? But, 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 but Lamaisa, again, the little things within a marriage where a husband takes ownership to create an atmosphere of love, of warmth, of commitment, makes all of the difference within a relationship. The Baal, the husband, is the one who is pursuing the wife in order to create a beautiful, loving, and harmonious marriage. Incredible. I will just share with you. I saw a ridiculous idea by the, by the Rebbe, the Papa Rebbe, in the Sefer, in the Sefer Amira Yafa. So he's quoted as saying as follows. Says, get, get ready for this. He says, Yadua ki HaKadosh Baruch Hu Nikra Ish Obenei Yisrael Bechinas Ish. That's what we're speaking about yesterday. Right? Remember again, we saw Tiferet Shlomo, Shlomo Radom's Ha'isha Niknis, Ha'isha's Klal Yisrael. Klal Yisrael. Right? So again, along those same lines, the Rebbe Papa says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the man, Ish, and ultimately again, Klal Yisrael is the Isha. Now, I will say, in our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there's a tension, right? What's the tension? So listen to what he says. This is incredible. He says, Ki Hashem Yisparach Omer, Shuva Eilai, Va'ashuva Aleichem. I will say, how, how, how timely is this? Erev Rosh Chodesh Elul. Erev Rosh Chodesh Elul. David Flum just sent me a picture. He said, nothing better than being in Eretz Yisrael. It's in Eretz Yisrael now. Right? Nothing better than being in Eretz Yisrael on Erev Rosh Chodesh Elul. It's true. As great as being in Eretz Yisrael is being with the Shir on Eretz Yisrael. Baruch Hashem, right? This is this is a great schos as well. So there's a tension in our relationship with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. What's the tension? Hakadosh Baruch Hu says, "Shuva Eli, return to me." Va'ashuva Aleichem. Hakadosh Baruch Hu says, "You want the relationship? Come back to me." What does Klal Yisrael say? It's the pasuk. Pasuk Malachi. Klal Yisrael says, "Hashivenu Hashem Elecha v'Nashuva." Klal Yisrael says, "Hakadosh Baruch Hu, you bring us back." You hear the tension? Chedesh Baruch Hu saying, Klal Yisrael, come back. Klal Yisrael saying, Chedesh Baruch Hu, Hashiveinu Hashem Elecha V'Nashuvah, you bring us back. So God's telling us, no, no, make the first move. Make the, right, make the first move, come back. Klal Yisrael saying to Chedesh Baruch Hu, no, make the first move, bring us back. So there's, so there's a tension. So says the Papa, so who's right? Who's correct? So Rabbi Yisrael listen to this. And comes along, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi says, Rabbi Shimon Bayochai. Rabbi Shimon Bayochai comes along and says, that ultimately, again, he says, Klal Yisrael is right. Klal Yisrael is right. What's the right that Klal Yisrael is right? Kiddushin, that beis on the beis. Darko shal ish, lachzar ala isha. It is the derech of the man to pursue the woman. It is the derech of the man, the ish, in this case, is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. 
It's the derech of the man to pursue the isha, to pursue Klal Yisrael. Velo darka shal isha lachzor al ish. And it is not the derech of the woman to pursue the man. Al kein. Tzarech HaKadosh Baruch Hu l'haschil t'chilo l'kayim. Hashivenu Hashem elecha v'achakach nekayim ben ha-shuvah. Therefore says the Rebbe Papa so beautifully. Kadosh Baruch Hu sorry, we win this one. Right? Kiddushin days and days. Darko shal ish lachzor al isha. It is the derech of the man to pursue the woman. It is a derech of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. you bring us back. Hashivenu Hashem elecha. If you make the first move and you bring us back, v'nashuvah. I promise if you pursue us, Ultimately, again, we will reciprocate. Incredible. Halavai. We should be Zochem. Yeretz Hashem. Says, let's go back there. V'hod is not. Aye, but that which we learned before. B'zayin drachem bodkin asazov. Shabbos, going back to Zov. Going back to Zov. Right? So remember yesterday's daf we saw. In seven different ways, we checked the Zov. So listen dvarim. Once again, I will say, why drachem? Why drachem? Right? Why not dvarim? Why not dvarim? So hosom hokam hashmolon. We'll say there, because remember, there the word derech, which is also trying to teach us a different lesson, which is that the different things bring about different results. It is the derech, it is the way of excessive eating to bring on zivos. And ultimately, again, it is the way of excessive drinking, ultimately, again, to bring about zivos. So that's why the Torah, so that's why the Mishnah uses the lotion of derech. I Esrog These are very exciting Gemaras also because it's always exciting. It's always exciting when the Gemara like brings in information that really has absolutely nothing to do with what it is that we're learning. Different topics that are being brought in, but remember it's being brought in for a very specific reason of derech versus davar. So listen to this. Esrog Right, the Mishnah says an esrog an esrog is comparable to a to a tree. In three different ways. Before we get to this, look at Rashi. Begimel drachim. Rashi says, Arla urevai. Remember, an estrog is subject to the laws of Arla, which means first three years, you don't go ahead and consume the fruit. It also has revai, which is in year number four, you could consume the fruit, but it has to be consumed in Yerushalayim. Right, noi bo ki ilon. Ule inyon, ule inyon shviyas, holchim beperos of achara chanota ki ilon, v'lo achara lekita ki We'll say, furthermore, again, for shmita purposes, for Shemitah purposes, so we determine whether or not something is Shemitah produce or not when the fruit blossoms. When the fruit blossoms. So I will say all of that is how trees operate. So just like trees, again, are subject to Arla, trees for fruits of the trees are subject to Revai, and fruits of the trees, their Shemitah, their Shemitah status is determined by when the fruit blossoms, an Esrug shares those three qualities as well. Okay, so the Gemara says, I don't understand. Listen, Dvarim, why Drachim? You know, it's just a syntax question. Why Drachim? Why say Drachim? Why not say Dvarim? Because we'll say, because you need the Seifa. What does the end of the Mishnah say? A Esrog is comparable to the fruits of the tree in three ways, but to vegetables in one way. In one way. So I'll say, by the way, before we get to this, what, what way is it compared to a vegetable? We'll say, remember, we're going to, actually, this is a very important Rashi. We're going to see again that different tides apply different years. So how do you determine which fruit belongs to which tithing year? So ultimately, again, at the, so vegetables are, the, so vegetable, veg, vegetables are determined 
by the time in which they're picked. So depending on which year you harvest the vegetable, that determines its tithing year. In that respect, an esrog resembles a vegetable, as opposed to fruits of the tree, where their tithing year is determined just like their Shemitah status, by when they blossom. Vegetables are determined ultimately by when they're harvested. And in this respect, an esrog is like a vegetable. So its tithing year is determined by when it's harvested. Look at the rest of that, Rashi. When it comes to determining its tithing year, we do not go after when it blossoms. Like other fruits of the tree. So I will say, so it's actually very interesting. So therefore, we have the halacha now. So an esrog is like a fruit tree in three ways. Number one, again, in terms of its status of Arla, in terms of its status of Revai, and when it comes to Shemitah, its Shemitah status will be determined by when it blossoms. But in a fourth respect, in one way, it resembles vegetables, in that the same way vegetables, their tithing year is determined by when they are harvested, same thing with Esrig as well, as opposed to fruits of the tree, whose tithing year is determined by when it blossoms. Now, we'll say Rashi happens to go on over here. This is actually a very important Rashi, which we've spoken out a number of times throughout the years. Rashi says, Remember, there's a seven-year tithing cycle. Now, not really seven years. Really, it's six-years tithing cycle, right? Because year number seven is Shemitah. So for six years, different tithes apply. So Rashi says over here, In years one and two of the Shemitah cycle, so which tithes apply? Remember again, who gets Maeser Rishon? Who gets Maeser Rishon? Levi. Right, Levi and Maeser Sheni. What happens to Maeser Sheni? You eat it, but you have to eat it in Yerushalayim. Avashlishes, what happens in year number three? Maeser Rishon or Maeser Ani. In year number three, Rabbi Osai, we swap out Maeser Sheni, right? And instead you put in there Maeser Ani. So there again, and that, that's how the cycle repeats itself. Obviously, Truma, we'll say Truma, Truma applies all the time. Truma applies all the time. Good. So Rabbi Osai, so let's go back. So the Gemara says, we have to write Derech because of the end of the Mishnah that says, Esrug, esrug is compared to a vegetable in one way. I seifa nami nisni davar. What kind of answer is that? So why don't you just say davar by the seifa also? In other words, just say davar the whole way. Just say, bizai, biz, uh, I'm sorry, just say, esrug shava le'ilan begimel dvarim uliyerek bedavar echad. Just say davar. We'll say top of gimel, top of gimel 3a. Hasam hakamash malan. So I will say, listen to this. There, once again, I will say, the use of the word derech is actually here to teach me an important lesson. What's the lesson? That the derech, an esrog, the derech of an esrog is like a, is like a vegetable. In other words, so I will say, the word derech over here is not just coming to talk about things or manners in which they are halachically similar, but it's coming to talk about the very qualities of an esrog. That the derech, the way in which an esrog grows, is very much like a vegetable. How so? My Just like a vegetable, I grows through all water. What does that mean? Al A vegetable, I can either grow either through rainwater or through irrigation, right? It could, it could, it could subsist on either of those, right? And when the and ultimately again the tithing year of a vegetable is determined by when it's harvested. So to an esrog is able to be sustained both through irrigation as well as through rainwater. 
And ultimately, again, at the time that it's harvested, that's when its tithing status is established. Therefore, what the Gemara essentially answers is, we need the word derech, because derech, what you begin to, what you, what you begin to see over here is, the word, the word davar could just refer to different halacha categories. And therefore, again, if you're just talking about categories or just different halachic mechanisms, enachinami, you could use the word davar. The word derech is often used when you want to convey something a little bit deeper. Let's say in the case of zav, you want to talk about the causes of zibos. It is the derech of excessive eating, the derech of excessive drinking to cause zibos. Or again, in the case of esrog, you want to talk about the qualities of an esrog, that the derech of an esrog is very much like vegetables. And that again, it can be subsisted like this. So you see the word derech used for these more nuanced halachas as opposed to davar, which just means again halachic categories. Interesting. Let's say I just say, I was thinking about this idea that what's unique, apparently the Gemara is highlighting over here, the uniqueness of the esrog is the ability that it can be sustained both through rainwater and through irrigation. So I say, if you think about this on a little bit of a deeper level, we know that the Dalit meaning, the, right, the different species we use on sukkahs correspond uh, to a lot of different things. But one of the things that, one, one of the symbolisms is that they correspond to different parts of the body. And the constant Chazal tells us that Esrug is Dome Lelev. Like the Esrug is compared to the heart. And I'll say in that context, the heart is supposed to be the, is, is, is the center of one's spiritual activity. So it's interesting to note that the Esrug itself is sustained both through rainwater and irrigation. So I'll say, what's there in rainwater and irrigation? So rainwater comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, right? It comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Irrigation, irrigation, you've got to roll up your sleeves and make it happen. Let's say, in the heart of man, in the heart of man, there are two forms of inspiration. In Chassidus, there's the concept of his olusa de la ila, his olusa de la tasa. Literally, again, inspiration from above, inspiration from below, or stated otherwise, when the Yitzhak explains, stated otherwise, what it means is sometimes in life, HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends me a wave of inspiration. We have moments like this, where I just feel inspired. I don't even know why I feel inspired, but I just feel inspired. I feel spiritually on fire. I feel spiritually awake. Where did that come from? What did I do? Often I didn't do anything. It's not me. It's HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's Isarusa de la Eila, inspiration from above. But a lot of times in life, that doesn't happen. And a lot of times in life, you have to self-inspire. And you have, you have to make it rain, so to speak, right? You have to create the inspiration. So let's say, so life is this incredible synthesis between these two. There are those moments of inspiration from above, which when they happen are the most spectacular things in the world, but you can't sit around waiting for that. You have to self-inspire. And this is so incredibly important because we go through life, often we're waiting to be inspired. Hey, I'm, I'm looking for inspirational people. I'm waiting to be inspired. Don't wait to be inspired. Self-inspire. And I must say, that's the symbolism with the esrog. The esrog is the lave. The lave, the esrog itself, subsists on rainwater, inspiration from above, and irrigation, inspiration from below. If at the end of the day, you want to lead an inspired life, if you want your lave to be fully nourished, if you want your esrog so to speak, to be on fire. Relish those moments where HaKadosh Baruch Hu inspires you, but make sure that you are digging those channels of spiritual irrigation. Make sure that you are self-inspiring as well at every moment possible. That's, that, that, that shutzvus, 
That combination of the two, that partnership of the two, is what makes a healthy lave, what makes a healthy estrog. Incredible. Let's go back there. Says the Gemara. Says the Gemara. So we'll say, this is another, these are great cases. A kai. And we'll say, what's a kai? A kai is an animal. A kai is an animal. Now, what's interesting about a kai, we'll say, in, in the animal kingdom, we have two different categories. We have chayas and behemoths. Right? So we'll say, so generally translated, a chaya is a non-domesticated animal versus a behemoth, which is a domesticated animal. So for example, just a simple example, deer, right, is a chaya versus a cow, which is a behemoth. That's a simple distinction. A simple distinction. You have an animal called a kai. So we'll say kai, there's actually a lot of that discussion about what type of animal a kai actually is. Kai was an animal in Halacha where, again, they weren't sure which category it fit into. So, for example, this nan, Kai, Yeshbal Drachim Shavalachaya. There are ways in which it is similar to a Chaya. And Rashi says over here, a Chaya requires Kisu Hadam, which is when you go ahead and you shek the animal, you have to cover the blood. Interestingly enough, the midst of Kisu Hadam only applies to Chayas, not Behemus. Not Behemus. So in certain respects, a, a kai is like a chaya, in that it needs kisi adam. And there are other ways in which it is similar to a behema. I will say, in which way Rashi points out over here, behema, the chaylev, the fat is aser. By a chaya, the chaylev is not aser. So I will say, so you see, this is interesting. So a kai, on one hand, is like, is like a chaya, in that it needs kisi adam. Right? In other ways, it's like a behemoth, and that is essentially, it's, essentially what we're doing is because we don't know which category a kai fits into, what do we do? We give it the chumras of both. We give it the chumras of both. That's what we're doing over here. Furthermore, there are other ways in which a kai resembles both a chaya and a behemoth. How is that? Rashi points out over here, shchita. A chaya needs shchita, a behemoth needs shchita, and therefore a kai needs shchita. Okay? And I will say there are ways in which it is neither similar, neither similar to a chaya or a behemoth. But say what way is that? You cannot breed a chaya, excuse me, a kai with a chaya with a behemoth. Right? Why? Because since we're not sure about what its designation is, breeding it with either a chaya or a behemoth could be an issue of crossbreeding. So I will say, see what's happening over here? So there are ways in which a chaya is like a chaya i.e. again, kisi adam, ways in which a kai is like a behema, i.e. it's chayla v'zasar, ways in which a kai is like a chaya and a behema, needs shchita, and ways in which a kai is neither like a behema nor like a chaya, i.e. you can't breed it with either one. Okay, why bring this? Fascinating, why bring this down? This needs varim. Once again, why are you using the lashon of derech? Why not use the lashon of davar? Dvarim v'su hadistan. I will say furthermore another example. Zu achas min adrachim sheshavu giti nashim l'shichurei avadim. I will say, ah, little blast in the past over here. So right, this is one of the ways in which a document of emancipation is similar to a get. And I will say, happily, Rashi is pointing out over here that Allah says, if you bring just like if you bring a get from Medina Sayan, you have to say from overseas, you have to say b'fanei nechtav u'b'fanei nechtam. So too, if you go ahead and. If you go ahead and you bring a, if you bring a document of emancipation from overseas as well, you also have to say, So once again, we'll say same question over and over and over. Why are you using Lashon of Drachim? Why not use Lashon of Dvarim? Ella, so we'll say, here we go, here's the principle. Ella, kalhecha di'ika plukta tani drachim, fakalhecha d'leka plukta tani dvarim. So we'll say, this is actually a very interesting distinction. So we'll say, it's just over like this. Any time, 
that we need to make a distinction amongst items. We use the lotion of drachim. Anytime there's just a grouping with no distinction, we use the lotion of dvarim. Fascinating. So when you have a group, right? When you have a group, but there's a distinction, either within that group or within another group, ultimately drachim, derech, when it's just kind of like a harmonious, homogeneous group, ultimately again, dvarim. Okay. Daikonami diktani. So I'll say, if you take a look, if you take a look, actually, we'll, okay, we'll see, we'll see exactly, we'll see the distinctions here in just a moment. Look at Rashi, just a moment. Ika plukta, tchiluk bidrachav, bederechu, zohu domelakan, o bederech zu ina domelakan. So I'll say, for example, derech means in certain ways, this is similar, in certain ways, this is dissimilar. Get, we'll see, for example, we're going to see, let's say in our Mishnah, there are three ways. Well, actually, we don't have three. Let's, let's go back there. Says the Gemara. So let's see. You can see this distinction, by the way, in the Esra case. Because Rebbe Lazar, Rebbe Lazar argues, and he says, Esrog Shavaleilan Lechol Davar. An esrog is like a tree in every way. So what do you see from here? Whenever there's no distinction, ultimately, again, we use davar. When there is a distinction, for example, as according to Tanakama, an esrog is like a fruit tree in three ways and like a vegetable in one way. So that's why I use lashon of derech. It's like this, so there's a distinction. So again, when there's a distinction, we use derech. Where there is no distinction, ultimately, again, we use davar. I'll just point out something very interesting. Once you have this, by the way, Rashi explains, so why do we use derech over here in the Mishnah? So we're going to see in just a moment that the Mishnah says a woman, right, a woman is acquired, you're able to affect Kiddushin with three things, right? Kesef, Shtar, and Bia. We're going to see one thing you can't affect Kiddushin with is Chuppah. So there's a distinction, again, in the mechanisms of marriage. Three items will affect Kiddushin. One thing which does play a role in marriage cannot affect Kiddushin. That's the, that's the use of the Lashon of Derech. So I will say, so again, a fascinating situation. I will point out, just kind of looping back full circle, I will say, if you remember again, the first, when the, when the Gemara introduced this, when the Gemara introduced this concept, if you remember again, the first time the Gemara uses the Lashon of, the first example the Gemara you brought up, Derech, was, Remember, you will teach them the Derech, they will walk on. Derech was used in Torah. So I will say, it's interesting. So the way that the Torah describes itself is Lashon of Derech, not a Lashon of Davar. Not a Lashon of Davar. Why is that? Now it makes perfect sense. I will say, what's Derech? Derech is used when you're trying to make a distinction between things. Now let's say, what is the entire essence of our Torah, Kedosha? What is our entire essence of Torah? Lahavdil, bena Torah, bena right? Bena Motor v'ha'aser, right? Bena Torah, bena Torah. The whole essence of Torah is distinction. Because the whole essence of Kedusha is distinction. To be able to know what to do, what not to do what to embrace, what to avoid, what I should run after, what I should run from. And that's why Torah Kedosha itself is referred to as derech. The entire avoda of Torah, I will say, is to teach us how to distinguish, 
how to make choices, how to do by, how to take what's good and how to leave aside that which is spiritually harmful. Just a fascinating way to kind of close the discussion. Good. Let's go later. Let's go later. So remember again, let's go back to the Mishnah. We're still, we're still tethered in this Mishnah. So remember again, the Mishnah said, Aisha Niknes Bishlosha Drachen. A woman is acquired through his Nebuchadnezzar. We know from our extensive journeys in Shas, whenever you see a number, whenever you see a number, so numbers come to do two things, which is number one, include, but number two, exclude. So, right, so what are the numbers of the Mishnah, right? So the Mishnah says a woman is acquired in Kedushan in three ways and could acquire herself in two ways. So ultimately, what are the numbers coming to include and exclude? So the Gemara says like this, here we go. So the minion, right? So the number of the Mishnah, the, sorry, the number of the Rasha, the beginning of the Mishnah, is coming to exclude Chuppah. You know, let's say, we'll talk about Chuppah. I'm going to talk about exactly what Chuppah is and what Chuppah, and what Chuppah does. One thing Chuppah doesn't do is Kiddushin. Chuppah does not affect Kiddushin. We're going to see the Sugya of Chuppah as a separate Sugya. So according, and according to, and according to Rafuna, who says that Chuppah, does go ahead and affect Kiddushin Mikal V'chomer, Lemi So according to Rafuna, who says Chuppah does affect Kiddushin, what does the number of the ratio, what is it coming to exclude? Lemi Chalipin. Very easy, I will say. It comes to exclude Chalipin. As I will say, remember, what is a king in Chalipin? King in Chalipin is, you give, right, I, I want to I wanna give Ruvain, I want to give Ruvain an object. So what do I do? Ruvain gives me his handkerchief, right? I lift up his handkerchief. And when I lift up his handkerchief and acquire it, he acquires my, uh, I'm giving him a cow, he acquires the cow. It's a flip active acquisition. So I will say, so Chalipin does not work by marriage. It doesn't work by marriage. I will say, can you imagine again, right? Rachel walks over to Ruvain. She gives him, she gives him a handkerchief. He lifts up the handkerchief, right? And Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov. Now she's, right? Chalipin doesn't work by Kiddushin. Doesn't work. So the Gemara says, because what would you have thought? We'll say again. So without getting, we're not going to get into all the technicalities of a king and Khalipin, but that's what Khalipin means. Like, Lachlof is to exchange something. Right? So again, objects are exchanged and acquisition occurs. So, since we learn out the Gzir Shavav Kicha Kicha from Ste Ephron, once I'm learning Akicha Kicha from Ephron yesterday's daf, which taught me that Kesef works by Kiddushin, so I would have said that creates a halachic bridge between land acquisition and marriage. And the same way that Chalipin works to acquire a field, maybe Chalipin should work to affect Kiddushin as well. Kamash Molon, it doesn't. I but why not? I don't say that's actually a pretty good, that's a pretty good Russia. That's a pretty good Russia. Kicha Kicha Mistei Ephraim teaches me that Kesef works by Kiddushin, but it also creates a halachic bridge between land acquisition and marriage. So why not say just like Chalipin works for real estate, it should work for marriage as well? I'll tell you why. Chalipin isnu bepachos mishave pruta, v'isha bepachos mishave pruta, amud beis lo mekhanya nafsha. Both say it's very simple, because Chalipin works with less than a shave pruta. Right? In other words, the object you use for Chalipin, technically speaking, technically speaking, ultimately, again, does not have to be a Shabbat Pruta. A woman will not commit herself to marriage for less than a Shabbat Pruta or utilizing a utensil that is less than a Shabbat Pruta. Very interesting. I will say, there's also, I'm not getting into it now, there's a whole discussion exactly how Kinyin Chalipin works. 
right? Who is lifting up the object? Whose object itself has to be used for the Kenyan? Again, we're not going to get into it now because it's not really so important for our sogyo. But Lamaisa, again, what the Gemara is pointing out over here is the minion deresha, the fact that the Mishnah uses a number. Three things affect Kedushin is coming to exclude something. What is coming to include? Exclude either Chobah, either Chobah, or Kenyan Chalipin. That those are not effective mediums or those are not effective mechanisms for creating Kedushin. Minyan of the Seifel of So I say when the Mishnah says at the end, we'll say Gimel on base, 3B, first line on the top. So I say when the Mishnah says at the end that a woman, so to speak, acquires herself through two mechanisms. Remember, what were the two mechanisms, right? Either get or death of the husband. What is that coming to exclude? Lemi'uti chalitza. Interesting. It's coming to exclude chalitza. Now, now what does this mean? It's coming to exclude chalitza in a non-yibum case. In other words, we'll say, Ruben is married to Rachel. Ruben is married to Rachel. And what happens? Not working out. Not working out. They decide that they're getting divorced. Right? So, Lemaisa, so Lemaisa, what doesn't work to end their marriage? Right? So you can imagine, right? Ruben comes home. Right? He's, had, he's had a hard day at work. He comes home, he sits down in the recliner, he turns on the TV, hence the dissolution of the marriage, right? So I'll say, so now what happens? She goes over, she goes over, and she takes off the shoe. And she says, okay, have a good life, right? That's it, so she just did chalitza, right? So she's done. So you might have thought that Allah said this should work. No, there are only two ways in which a marriage is dissolved, either get or death of the husband, right? So the mice again, chalitza won't work. Now, why would I think that Chalitza would work? Well, it's fascinating. So how did I come, you know? You would have thought as follows. Tisi me kavachomer me yivama. Make a kavachomer from yivama. Third line down, I will say, give me one of these. Ma yivama she'ina yotzei spiget, yotzei spichalitza. So this is very interesting. A yivama can't leave her marriage with a get. Right? Remember again, I will say, Ruvain dies without children. He leaves behind the widow. Right? Rachel does yibum, or, or now is a yivama, ready for yibum, ultimately again with Shimon. So what happens? We'll say Shimon, Shimon, Ruben's brother, gives Rachel a get. We'll say, what's the impact of the get? Nothing. Like nothing. Now, remember, we learned in Yavamas that Midrabanan, once the Yavam gives the Yavama a get, they can't do Yibam anymore. But you still need Khalisa, right? So we'll say, so now watch this. So therefore, again, so giving, giving a Yavama a get is a meaningless act. My Yavama, Shaini Yotzei beget. Yotzei bechalitza, but yet chalitza does work. Zushi yotza beget, elodin shiotza bechalitza. So a regular woman, a regular woman who can go out of a marriage with a get, then what? Certainly chalitza should work as well. An interesting kavachomer. Kamash malam no, kamash malam. So that's the havamina. That's the havamina that maybe chalitza should work in a regular case as well. Kamash malam it doesn't. I beima hakenami. So I was just saying good. Why does that? That's actually a pretty good kavachomer. Right? Is that you bring, uh, why, why, why isn't that true? Why not say that? Amr Kral, Sefer Krisos, Sefer Koser, Sefer Korsa, Be'indava Achar Koser. Because we'll say again the Pasek, by talking about divorce, says Sefer Krisos, it is only a book, only a document that dissolves a marriage, not Chalitza. So therefore, I will say, what we come out with is, and this is actually a very beautiful methodical Gemara. So we'll say, what you just see is we're going just literally through the Mishnah, line after line. So now we're trying to figure out why does the Mishnah give me a number? First of all, I, I could do basic mathematics, right? Say, so if you tell me, if you tell me, Ha'isha, let the Mishnah just say, Ha'isha niknis b'kasev shtar ubiya. 
I'll say, again, I don't even have to take off my socks. I can see that's three, right? That's three, right? So Lamaisa, why the need for the number? Same thing at the end. She could acquire herself, just say, that's two. Why do you need numbers? Numbers always come to exclude something. So therefore, the Mishnah says three, the Mishnah says two. So three, by Kedushin, comes to exclude either Chupa or Chalibin. And the two ultimately comes to exclude Chalitza. That a regular woman, ultimately, again, who's getting divorced, who's ending her marriage, Chalitza will not work. Chalitza only works in the case of evil, but will not work to dissolve a regular marriage. Good. Bikasev. So I'll say, so again, you could affect Kedushin Bikasev. So Minolam. Where do we know that from? That will say, you're asking yourself, didn't we do this? Right, we did this already. Kichal, kichal, and stay after. So we'll say, what the Gemara wants to do over here is a little bit of a deep dive into Kesef. That's, what, that's what's happening over here. Rashi says, Bekesef, Midal, and we'll say, Rashi is in the first short line on top. Hocha, Iker. Here is the primary sugi of Kesef. Ula'el, Agav, Grora, Nakitlay, Lutheruzi, Lashon, Kinyi, Demas, Nisin. Beforehand, what, it was just a very superficial discussion about Kesef, just to justify the Lashon of Kinyin. Just for the of Kenyan. Here, Abose is the actual deep dive into Kesef. So here we go. So, Minalam, from where do you know, from where do you know that Kesef works to affect Kiddushin? That's question one. The Suhadisnana Avzakaibito, Bikidusha, Bikesef, Mishnah, Rabia, Minalam, the Mekanya Bikesef, Bikesef, Dabuahu. Abose, for the Moya Mishnah, what does the Mishnah say? A father is entitled, ultimately, again, father has a right to the Kiddushin of his daughter, to the Kiddushin of his daughter. And also what that means is like this. A father, this is talking about obviously a girl who is still within Naros, either a Kitana or a Nara. See, he has the right ultimately again to betroth her. And therefore as a result, he gets the Kesef Kiddushin. He could receive the Shtar Kiddushin or he could give her over in marriage to someone. That's Bia. So, 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 so the point we're focusing on over here is if a father marries off his daughter, he gets the Kesef Kiddushin. So the Gemara says, So the Gemara says, we're going to focus on two questions. Question number one, I'm going to go out of order. Question number one, oh, actually no, we're going to go in order. Question number one is, how do we know that Kesef is an effective mechanism for Kedushin? That's question one. And question two is, how do we know that the father gets to keep it? Right, so two questions we're focusing on. See, here we go. It's very simple, it's a Pasuk. The Yatzech Hinam in Kasef. I will say the Pasik says, the Pasik says, Vyatsachinam in Kasef. So I will say, remember again, this is talking about an Ama Ivriya, a Hebrew maidservant, right? A Jewish girl, a Jewish girl who is sold as a servant. So what's the halacha? The halacha ultimately again is either the master has to marry her at a certain point, right? Or ultimately again, or free her, or emancipate her. Right? Ultimately, again, she goes free in Kesef, right? There's, there's no money, which means I will say the master gets no money. Upon reaching maturity, she ultimately, again, is free, and there's no monetary restitution to the master. So the Gemara says, In Kesef Avalish Kesef Now I will say, what it says, in Kesef, it's telling me in this situation, there is no money that comes to the master, to the authority figure. But there is another case, there is another case where Kesef does come to the authority figure. Umanihu, and who is that? Av. Telling us the father. I will say, now, when would the father get money for his daughter? That would be a situation when he's marrying her off, and ultimately gives Kesef Kiddushin. So the Torah is telling me that who gets to keep the Kesef Kiddushin? The father. So the fact that the Torah goes out of its way to say that in this master maid servant relationship, 
Ein kesef, ein kesef. There's no exchange of money. Tells us in this situation there's no exchange of money. But in another relationship, there is an exchange of money. What's that relationship? Of a father who's marrying off his daughter, he gets to keep her kesef kiddushin. I the ema lidida. How do you know that? Maybe ultimately again, maybe maybe halacha lemaisa that she gets to keep the money. Right? She gets to keep the money. In other words, maybe the Torah is saying, yeah, when the Amma Ivriya goes free, there's no money to the master. But in a different case, where there is an exchange of money, she gets to keep it. So maybe she gets to keep her own Kesef Kiddushin. To which the Mara says, Haki Hashta, Aviyah Mekabal Kiddushah. Now, there's no question that the father gets to keep her Kesef Kiddushin. Why is that? Dechsev, as biti nasati le'ishazeh, ve'ihi shakla kaspa. I will say, if the father has the right to marry off his daughter, right? In other words, if he has that right, to determine who she marries, which is the right that a father has in his non-Bogeras daughter. If he has the right to determine ultimately, again, who she marries, does it make sense that she keeps the money? Or if he, if he has that right in her, then it only makes sense that he gets the Kesef Kiddushin as well. The Eimah, Hani Mili Kitanet, the Lesley Yad, the Kabbal Kiddushin. Aval Naira, the Isley Yad, the Kabbal Kiddushin. Taktish Ihi Nafsha, the Tishkal Kaspa. Shabbat says, says, okay, I'll grant you that there are cases in which a father will get the Kesef Kiddushin. But maybe the only time the father gets the Kesef Kiddushin is when, I will say, when? When he is marrying off a daughter who is a Kitana. Because we'll say, Kitana doesn't have a Yad. She doesn't have the ability to acquire. So in that case, it makes sense. Father has full autonomy, has the ability to marry off the Kitana daughter, she doesn't really have the capacity to acquire, and therefore who gets the money? Who gets the money? Father gets the money. But a Nara, well, so remember again, a Nara is really in Halach already like a quasi-adult. Quasi-adult, one step away from Bagros. A Nara does have the ability to affect her own marriage, does have her own Yad for acquisition purposes. Maybe a Nara, well, so remember again, what's a Nara? 12 years old to 12 years old in six months, right? It's a, it's a very small window. Remember again, Kitana, below 12, Nara, between 12 and 12 years old in six months, Bulgaris, above 12 years old in six months. So Nara is a very narrow window. So maybe Nara, who does have Das, Nara, who does have Yad, maybe she should keep her own Kesef Kiddushin. Amr Kra, Binu Araha, Beisadiha. Both said the Pasik says, Binu Araha, in her Naros, she is in her father's home, which teaches us what? We'll say any benefit, bless you, any benefit accrued during her naros comes to her father. So we'll say when she is in her naros, she is part of her father's home. She is in base abiha. The Gemara is understanding that to now that any right or any benefit that accrues during her naros comes to her father. Therefore, that's the raya that the father keeps the kesef kiddushin. I ve'elahad amravuna amrav minayin shemaseh habas laav. How do we know ultimately again that a daughter's earnings ultimately again go to the father? Shneimar v'chi yimkar ish esbito laama. Because remember, the Torah gives the father a right to sell his daughter as a maidservant. Ma ama maseyadel laabo. Just like a maidservant, her earnings go to the master. Af bas nami maseyadel laabiha. Ultimately, again, so to a, a daughter, her earnings go to her father. I say, but why are you learning it out from that pasuk, right? Why not learn it out from which teaches us that even through Naros, anything that she does ultimately accrues to the father. You're right. You know what the problem is? 
that Pasik Pinuareha Beisaviha, you know what it's talking about? Specifically, what is it talking about? Hafar is not vows. Anomunt of vows. It's actually not talking about earnings. That's why when the Torah wants to speak about earnings, it uses the Lashon of Kiyimkar Ishes Bita La'ama. Pinuara Beisavi is actually talking about vows. Hachanami Bafaras Nedaramun Dichsev. Therefore, I've also said the Pasik of here. So remember, we were just using that Pasik of ours. So we we, remember, we're focusing on two questions. Where are our two questions? Question number one. Question number one. Question number one. Yeah. How do, yeah, thank you. Right? How do we know that Kesef works to affect Kiddush? We're starting all over. Right? How do we know that Kesef works to affect Kiddush? And that's question one. Question two is in the case of Anara, how do we know that the father gets to keep the money? Those are the two questions. So, say, so that Kesef works... That Kesef works, ultimately, again, we're going to discuss, right? But, but Lamaisa, but Lamaisa, we're focusing now more on the father. So we wanted to suggest that we learn that from the, from the Pasuk of Binu Araha, Beis Now what we just established is, that Pasuk is actually talking about Hafaras Nedarim, and not earnings. So we're a little bit back to the drawing board. So why do we learn that from that Pasuk? So why don't you just say, the same way that a father has the rights of Hafaras Nedarim over his daughter, means he has control. If he has control, maybe he has monetary control also. And therefore, again, he gets to keep her earnings. But in this case, he gets the Kesef Kiddushin. No. Ultimately, we'll say we don't learn out monetary law from Isser. Nedarim is, Nedarim is Isser. Kesef Kiddushin is going to be monetary law. I, Bechi Tema, Nelef Mikinasa. And then we'll say, we're, gonna, we're actually going to, we're going to stop over here. Actually, Bechi Tema, Nelef Mikinasa. Maybe you should have from Kinas. I will say, what is Kinas? Kinas is the case. What happens if the daughter is violated? The daughter is violated. So there's a financial penalty. We'll say, who gets that financial penalty? Who gets that? The father. So maybe we see, just like the father gets the financial penalty if the daughter is violated. So, so too, again, he gets her Kesef Kiddushin. So you can't do that either. Why? Mamon miknas aloyafina. I will say you can't learn out mamon, which is monetary law, right? From kinas. So also remember again, kinas in general penalty payments are a chiddush, right? Kinas doesn't have to make sense. Kinas is a penalty payment. It's a chiddush. You can't learn out a halacha from a chiddush. So I will say we'll stop over here for today. We're still left with our two outstanding questions, which is number one: what is the source of kasef? What is the source of kasef? What is the And number two: ultimately, how do we know that father said? I will say I just want to mention. Just want to mention. Numisefta always brings new opportunities. What I'm saying, part of the great, the greatest challenge in that Yomi, greatest challenge besides waking up early is retention. Retention. Now let's say, if you'll notice, by the way, these dafim are ridiculously methodical and well laid out. I want to give a shkayach to the shas. Really did a great job laying this out, right? Like, it is, the, the Gemara flows. What I'm saying, five minutes of Hazara in the evening on the daf we learned could easily help to solidify. It is, especially these daven, very sequential steps in this Gemara. Again, we're at a brand, we're at, we're at new Masechta, new month, Emir Tzashim about to come upon us. Take a few minutes every evening to chazer a little bit. And I will say, again, gives us a better opportunity to mamish hold on to this beautiful treasure. Shkoyach. I'm sorry. Uh, tomorrow, Shkodesh, Daf Yomi 545. So you could say yeah. Moshe is trying to unify the people and not find the distinction. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And also maybe Moshe had been saying, if you would have said, Eila Hadrachi, you might have thought, some things apply to me, some things don't apply to me. Eila Hadvarim.